We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. Everyone's here today. Yay. yay. Mm-hmm. We're back. Back. Fun weekend. Fun weekend. We just came back from Boston. I'm still kind of recovering. Not even like recovering. I just feel what? like, like I, I don't know. Like I'm just like the road has killed me in the past oh, week. Oh well, yeah, I've been like in the car sitting? for like fucking twenty something hours. It's just terrible. How are those hips, dog? My hips are tight, especially in your fucking car. Yo, well, boss's car. <laughs> the speaker is so fucking loud. <laughs> I can't hear. You, you have. Zero reason to complain. We packed seven people in the car, and that was like all your guys' idea. Like, yeah, oh, but let's take one car, bro. So don't that's, complain. That's really bad. That's a bad idea. You can put the radio up front. You put it in the back. You're blasting it so we could hear it because it's all the way in the back. <laughs> and I'm sitting next to the fucking thing, so everyone's having conversation. I have. I didn't hear a word. You know, you could just you know use the volume control. That's what you're talking. Yeah, about. you could. <laughs> but nope. I tried telling you something. I was sitting in the front seat. And Joey just goes, yo, just text it because I can't hear you. <laughs> I go, I, I can't. Nick started dying laughing. I'm like, what do you say? He goes, he just said the text. <laughs> yeah, he could hear me. Um, but yeah, we went to Boston for UFC 220, which was fucking elite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was a great show. It, it was. was like fights from 6.30 to 1 a.m. That was the first time I've been to a UFC show. That was the first time Josh went to a UFC show. And he said after the entire ride back, he was saying, yo, that shit was dope. Yeah, he's like, he's like, you know, it was so awesome because it was so long. Like he thought the fights, he thought the whole card was going to be over. And Nick's like, you know, the main card. Yeah, I, sat, start I sat with Josh and he's like, yo, how many more fights are left? And I go, yo, it's not even the main card. Are you kidding? I'm like, yeah, dude, it's, it was like, what, it's, 930, I think? It's basically like on a schedule, too. Like, they have a set time. Like, it's like every half hour a fight starts. Right. Yeah. If it's, if, which, in, in they'll on take the undercard. Breaks, they'll take. There was a, there was a knockout. The there first was two fight. before the main card. Right. No, but I'm saying, like, the first fight of the night. Islam Makachev. He knocked someone out in, like, a minute. 
and then they just waited until the next one. So it's like until on a schedule. You know what yeah. I mean? So, which is phenomenal for like concession breaks and piss breaks. Yeah, exactly. So you get time in between. Them. Even if the the bathroom line stretches out, it gives you enough time that you can wait and then go come back to your seat without having Yo, any delay. Let me just say this. TD Garden, figure it out with the bathrooms, dude. <laughs> there was like nine urinals. I'm like, Word, what the fuck were, is this? Yeah, that yeah, that was bad. It, you it, went to TD, right? I Did you go? TD, you yeah. went last year. Yo, I spent the first half hour I was there just looking up at the banners. Yeah, yo, is that not ridiculous. the most ridiculous thing? I was you've looking ever seen? at it. I'm looking what? at the Celtics in like the '60s. Like I'm like, the, are you fucking kidding how me? Good the banners, are. the Celtics as a franchise, all oh, ridiculous in a good way. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. I was, I was. Like, a, yo, I, was I just I was kind of in awe. I'm like, damn. Like the Knicks got four or five retired numbers and nothing about winning up there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, they they celebrate the Atlantic Division. Yeah, yeah. Yo. What? <laughs> yo, it's crazy. And the, I was looking at the Celtics in the '60s. They won like every single year. I'm like, why the fuck did anyone even show up anymore? Like, I'm not fucking playing anymore. Fuck these guys. It's crazy, yo. Um, but yeah, the fucking... The card was awesome. Obviously, the the main event, fucking Stipe and Nagano was wild. DC was dope, too, man. And DC, he's, he's grown yo, on me. You know what's crazy? I hated DC so much before the John Jones fight. And I was so happy he got knocked out. And then whatever happened with John Jones, it was fucking willingly or unknowingly took steroids... I was like, oh, God, fuck this guy. He's going to make me like DC now. And when he came out, he had like the dopest entrance. Yeah. Right, right above right, it comes yeah. on. Yo. Haters in the building. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's fucking awesome. But you saw the, the, the difference in level between being a guy coming up and then when you're the champ. Right. Because he just, he just violated Lil Uzi. <laughs> well, also, you can say that, you know, since John Jones is not fighting in the light heavyweight division anymore, you could say that we got to see two of the greatest of all time in their division yeah, uh, kind of cement their position because now Daniel Cormier is like his only losses are to John Jones. Who's been popped. Well, one loss, and one no contest. Yeah. Uh, and then Stipe, three title defenses in a row against this fucking dude who was killing people. Yo, which, you know, the first round was terrifying to watch. Yeah. What was funny was I had uh, I had that big qualifier on DraftKings and I had Stipe going into the main event. And That's all the, I was thinking about when I was watching that. Like, yo, Nick must be so happy right yo, now. Yo, I had it was the craziest <laughs> run because I started off two and zero. It was great, and then he said he's because well, obviously we said Nick was sitting above us. He's sending pictures in the chat of him with his arms up in the air, like, and then and then I lose my next two fights, <laughs> so it was beyond quiet. Then we and get then, the bed gif, like he's yeah. going to bed, <laughs> and then I had I had DC and then Stipe. But what's funny is. You know, judging a book by its cover, this guy Naganu comes out and Josh goes to me, yo, you bet against him? I was like, yeah, I picked against him. He's like, good luck. <laughs> and then the entire time. So where, where I was sitting, I could see into the ring. Pretty dope seats. There was no one in front of us. But I kept looking up at the Titantron because I was hoping that the round would end. Yeah. Because I'm saying to myself, yo, this guy's a, a savage. Just one hit. And it was in the third round. He, he tagged Stipe. And then Stipe like, was stumbling up against the gate. And then he shot a takedown, and then that's where he drove him from, from one side of the gate to the other. Yeah. And that had to be instinct because he got popped. Yeah, yeah. he got fucking. Whenever rocked. you get popped, you like usually try and do a jab from this guy. It's like, it's crazy. You see his ear, Stipe's ear. Yeah, that was one of the more disgusting things I've ever seen. I've never seen a bruise the ear. Like I've seen shit puff up, but like a black and blue on your ear. I didn't like that. That shit was nasty. Did not like that at all. It was no, but fights though, like it was wild. I mean, you know what's crazy? I was saying this during the fight. I felt like Stipe could have ended that fight in the third round easily. But the whole second round, he like put his weight on him, tired him out to the point where he couldn't 
fucking do anything. I mean, literally in the fifth round, the, the 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 round started and he was in the middle of the ring, just kind of teetering, couldn't barely. Nagano wasn't even moving. He was just yeah. That's what that's what I'm like, saying. He was just flat footed. He was like trying to stay up. He's and that so fight could have been called in the third or fourth round like so easily because yeah. he had him against the cage on like all fours and he was just like body shot, head shot, body shot, body shot. Yeah. And Nagano just had his hand like covering his face. So, like, he wasn't, I mean, I guess he was intelligently defending himself, but he wasn't doing anything to not get tagged. The disrespect coming in, Stipe was the underdog, absolutely dominated him the entire fight. And then took the belt from Dana White, had his coach right Yeah, yeah, yeah because dope. he was saying how the UFC has billed this dude to be the next big star. And everybody wanted him to win because the way you can market him would be incredible for them. And he, I, I caught that too. I didn't catch it when it happened in the ring because I was just, I was just on quality. cloud nine. I just kept yelling, "Quali, Quali!" Yo, what was funny was there was a dude in front of, uh, next to me and Josh, and he opens up his DraftKings app, right? And you know how like on DraftKings or even on Fanduel, you have your little blue guy and it tells you where you're at with the money. Or on DraftKings, you have the circle. His shit was all the way to the left. And he just turns off the app. So I just turned to Josh. I'm like, been there, done that. That's not nice. Why is that funny, though? You said you know it's funny. It was hilarious because I've been <laughs> that guy where, like, my lineups are nowhere near placing. And I just turned my app off. Yeah, and not Saturday. Not quality, though. Yeah, that, that was good. Yo, my favorite thing about it was the crowd was super into it, too. Yeah, well, that was most. I mean, not mostly, but there was a lot of Boston guys. I mean, Cormy and Stipe got a ton of pop. And yeah. So Naganu and uh, Volkan got some good pop, too. Um, it was a good fight. Even the the third fight before the co-main, oh, Burgos, Burgos and Cater yeah, from the Bronx. Yeah, that fight was phenomenal. They were both like just trading blows, like standing right in front of each other the whole fight. Like Shane, yeah, there wasn't really any takedown times. Nah, like they were just boxing it out. And then he got tagged with two uppercuts in the third round, and it was night night lights out <laughs> for his first loss. So that was a big match in the featherweight division. Excuse me. I mean, I think one of those Cater. He's probably going to be ranked now in the top 15 after that win. He's 2-0 in the UFC. Big win against Burgos, who was undefeated on the cusp of the top Boston 15. guy, too. Yeah. He got yo, he got the loudest pop of the night, I think. Yeah, yeah he did. For sure. That was Especially awesome, the way though. he won. That was, yo, that fucking knockout was wild. Because he was losing. He lost those first two rounds. You yeah, say. and then he just, like, he caught him with, like, a straight, and then he stumbled, and then Burgos stumbled forward. Uppercut. And he uppercut him, and then he hit him again with an uppercut, and then he fucking fell backwards. Dude, that was wild. Was and that also, your favorite fight of the night? My favorite fight? I don't know. It was tough. I really liked watching Cormier just because yeah, it was like. That was a clinic. It was that like was. ridiculous because he comes out and, dude, it's crazy because this guy Vulcan, who he says hits harder than John Jones. He's like, John Jones, he doesn't hit hard. Like, I'm sure he won't. I, I'm nah, sure he gives John Jones a lot of he credit. Said, no, he does. Time. He's like, yo, he, his, his kicks are way harder. He's like, but this dude, like, in his hands has way more power than John Jones. And he's like, you can feel it when he hits you. And he was just like, Daniel Cormier is pretty much known for not being able to get knocked out. So the fact that he was knocked out by John Jones was like even a shock to some people. Like, wow, he actually knocked him out. But uh, he was just walking towards him. And, like, they were trading blows. And, yo, Daniel Cormier could strike, too. Like, he could fight. You know what I mean? He could box and shit. And... It was just funny because as soon as he grabbed him, or as soon as he attempted to grab him, you could see that they that Vulcan's whole uh, strategy was like, yo, just don't let this guy touch me. Or, or don't let him take him down. Yeah, as yeah. soon as he touches him, gets close, he grabs his leg and it's over. Like, he almost choked him out. I guess, I think that was the end, At of, the the end first. of the first. At the end of the first, yeah. That's and, what I was going to say, how you got to see what MMA is in that fight. Right. Because it came out, they're throwing punches, kicks, and then there's a takedown at the end, a submission attempt. 
And then the second round is just a takedown and then ground and pound. And it just a stoppage because you just couldn't defend himself anymore. Yo, the first round was great, too, because I was like, damn, Volkan is landing. Yeah. I guess like, we might have a fight. Like, Cormier didn't shoot till in the second half of the first round. Well, he was trying He was trying to sh- shoot in the first, and he kept, you know, stopping the yeah. takedown. Even his defending t- that. the takedowns he got were, like, tough. Mm-hmm. Like, he had him on one leg, and Volkan, Volkan still wouldn't go down. He yeah. shot two singles, and... Took him down twice, and then, like you said, the second time he just had him on. Was it there was a crucifix? No. Yeah, he had him on crucifix, but that's not. He got out of that. He had him like he was on his back before when he like when they stopped it. But there were some good knockouts in in uh, this shit too. Like we said, the first Makachev. fight of the night started out with a knockout, and then the fucking uh, Rob Font mm. uh, oh, and the Thomas fucking Al Hassan knockout was just oh my. brutal, brutal knockout. Right cross, right across. Yeah, I think Chin. my my favorite thing of the night was uh, Bruce Buffer. That guy's energy is out of control. <laughs> yeah, I was getting chills at the you end. No, my music. favorite part was. I mean, the ring girls too. Oh my god, Bruce <laughs> Buffer, Bruce Buffer, what? or Michael Buffer. Bruce. Bruce, Bruce, bro. Bruce over Michael. Bruce, yeah, because well, for I feel like we grew up with Bruce Buffer, where we, we didn't grew really get up to with him. Michael Buffer. Yo, WCW, come on, yo. Every night the WCW main event. I got, I got, I got, I got for Bruce and Z. let's get ready to rumble is so much better than it's time. Nah, let's get it's ready not. to rumble. It's so much better. It's more iconic. I'll give you it's that. It more, is. It is way it is. better. But it's <laughs> my man blew out both his knees jumping up. If that's not passion, I don't know what is. Now that's, he just does a stomp. You know, that's so wild. My favorite part of the night was uh, DC his post fight speech. Mm. Where he's like, you know, we're doing great things. AK, he's like, shout out everyone. I was like, AKA, he's like, we got the next champ in Khabib. We got the next champ in Kane. And like, oh, I thought that was dope. Like, he, if you watch like the Embedded series and stuff leading up to that, they always spotlight how he's the captain of that gym and he's yeah. always like leading the drills and shit, like, you know, warm ups and everything. And he's drilling everyone who walks in that gym, like, he's on you, whatever. And he like people love him for that. Like he's a big time leader, and he's on the commentary team all the time. Like given, you know, he does a phenomenal job with that. Like I always, like I said in the past, that's what I love him for. It's commentary more than anything. But um, yeah. So he like shouted them out. I was like, dude, that's like a that's a team player right there. Like yeah, that's yeah. what I want leading my. I squad. saw him getting a lot of love on Instagram. Like Khabib shout, shouted him out for winning. Kane, all those guys. Yeah. And I think if we to go back to Steve, I think Kane's next. Like Kane's last name on the list for Stepe. Well, Velasquez. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like he might have to get one fight in. Maybe I don't know him versus. I don't know, yo. Stipe fucking. Yo, champions as underdogs in title fights. Nine and zero, right? Are or nine and zero now? Crazy. So you get plus money on an underdog. That's tremendous. Think and about the it. One is a no contest because of Cormier. Cormier was an underdog yeah, against Jones. So, that yeah, that's that makes sense man. though. Think about it. If you're a champion, like usually the pressure's on you. But if you're the underdog, the pressure's completely off. Yo, yeah. question. It's an interesting one. I, I I don't know if you know the answer to this. How does that work in Vegas? Because I'm sure night of it was a loss and people could cash their ticket right there, right? Oh, that that has nothing to do after. If if, if the decision changes weeks or days later, that's it's too late. That's the decision trash. has been made. I'd be so mad. So basically, I mean, he's saying, say you so bet Cormier, Cormier lost on the spot. You bet Cormier, he loses that night. But then two days later, they say it's a no contest. You oh. should be refunded. Hell yeah, you should be refunded. But at that point, you know, you, you could fight it. 
but for the most part, the average bet is $100 in Vegas. Are you really? You live in New York, Joe. I mean, we live in New York. Are we really going to go back out there for in Vegas for the fights to, to challenge it? Bosswood. He's like, yo. Wait, I mean, I would I too. Went, to get I went, the next time I went back, listen, I saw this ticket. Well, you. When you, in reality, I probably would have crumbled it up and fucking threw it yeah, on my yeah. head. <laughs> uh, but anyway, good fight. Good fun. Good fight. Good fun. I don't know why I said that twice. I'll be honest. Went with to you. the brewery. Shout out to Trillium Brewing okay. Company. That's my shit. That was a solid road trip, though. Did you guys eat anywhere over there? Uh, Not really. <laughs> yeah, we we went to this fucking bar, right? So we're sat, we're at the hotel before we could check in. We had time to kill, so we're like, "Yo, let's just look up a sports bar." And I found one called Courtside, and it was like two blocks from our hotel. That sounds we, way doper than it was. I know. We walk in, and there's four guys in the bar, all are over the age of like sixty. Mm. Dead silence in the bar. Dead silence. A combined eight teeth. And like. <laughs> and the, the door was steel, a steel door. Yeah. And the dude behind the bar had the thickest Boston accent in the world. He's like, yeah, what do you guys want? You get a large pie and a, and a pitcher of PBR. We got a fucking. Uh, we got a deal there, kid. I'm like, all right, we'll get three of those. Then. <laughs> like, right, yeah, the PBR. Yeah. All right. And then some other old guy comes up later. He's sitting next to the boss. He goes, he's just like, hey, read this. And he, he's, it's a hat. And he's like, made in Massachusetts. He goes, all right, now read this on the same hat. Made in Vietnam. He goes, this is what's happening. He's like, <laughs> our, he's like our tax dollars are, well, well, your tax dollars. I'm not paying taxes. He's like, your tax dollars are paying for this. He's like, all right, see you, man. Okay. He's so from behind the bar. I had the best life. He's like, they don't oh, care. Yeah. He's like, hey, Larry, they don't care. They're from Connecticut. He's always from Connecticut. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, they don't care about taxes, which I don't know what that means. Do people in Connecticut not pay taxes or some shit? But they're real, like, now we're from New York. He goes, they're from New York, Larry. They're from New York. The kids. Yeah, that's great. I love it. Those fucking accents are amazing. Um, but yeah, it was a fun trip. Shout out to Boston. Um, Speaking of Boston, let's talk about the championship round here. Uh, the Pats beat the Jags mm. 24-20. Beat the Jaguars. They were down most of that game. People were getting kind of worried. I was texting in the chat. I'm like, is Bottles really about to beat the Uggs right now? Uh, but nope. The so Patriots prevailed. This is a classic Patriots-type game, right? Right when you start counting them out, right when you start thinking, hey, this might happen. That's when the momentum starts to swing and starts to swing and starts to swing. A lot of people could, could point to a lot of things in that game. I'm pointing directly to coaching that made that mm. game happen. Uh, Tom Brady obviously pulled off Tom Brady things. Uh, I don't want to say I'm taking it for granted, but for right now, I am. Um, that second half, the Jaguars did not start outside of the 10 until the very last possession of the half. That's giant. That that's That's what makes the game. And when you do that, and when you make stops, when you start the Jaguars on their own five, then you make stops and you force their punter to punt from their own end zone. And then Danny Amendola brings it back to the 30. Mm. If you're Tom Brady, your job doesn't get much easier than that. Mm -hmm. And when you're playing a defense like the, the Jaguars, that's everything. That, that field position battle. And I think the fact that the Patriots adjusted at halftime, and like I've said a million times before, what makes a... The difference in a good coach and a bad coach is their ability to, to adjust at halftime, and Bill Belichick's the best coach of all time. And that's because he has the best halftime adjustments of any coach I've ever seen, and uh, probably ever. I don't want to make any more uh, ever statements because I, I might Twitter might go ham on me again. But <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I think I think that's I think Bill Belichick just kind of pulled out his cock. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. I mean, it's, it's a tiny cock, but it's a powerful one. 
Why is it tiny? Because <laughs> he's gotten off. Because let me have something. Career. All right, he's the best coach ever. Exactly. At, at least let him have a small cock. For my sake, first so I don't, so I'm not emasculated, <laughs> dude. First of all, speaking of, speaking of dicks, I was talking about uh, Danny Amendola had like a phenomenal game. I thought he was a fucking like, this guy had two player of the game, player Yo, of the game, Yo, clutch, clutch plays for them. Yeah, big third downs, big touchdowns, a touchdown where he kept his feet in, yeah. in the back of the end zone. That play, Incredible. I, I, I was getting that Gibson OD at my TV. Yeah, I felt like he had a chance to hit him. Yeah, I, yeah. It, it, like he looked like he was watching his feet to make sure, like, see if he caught it or not. So I instead think, of trying to make a play. Yeah, I hear you on that. I think granted I, it would have been close. Like I don't know if it would have when I was looking at that play, the reason why I think there was no reaction is that ball was really high. That was a so I thought that maybe the defensive backs thought that he was just Threw throwing it bounce. away, and it was just one of a hell of a play by Amendola. The play of the game was a third and eighteen. Yeah, yeah, like, without a doubt. When when they converted that, you just knew it's a wrap. Sorry. Like, it's a wrap. That's what I thought. I know that we're still down 10, but it's one of those plays where it's third and 18. You have this historic great defense, right? Best team against the pass. Well, look what happened. They lose Gronk in the first, uh, second or third drive of the game, so they have no Gronkowski, right? Hogan is hobbled. He still doesn't trust Cooks because after he, Cooks had that big-ass drop, too, in the first half. That was looking like it was going to be the play of the game. Yeah, yeah, where you, where you were going to look back and say, that's the reason why the Pats lost yeah. this game. Because right. that, turned, that turned the scoring opportunity into a punt. Yeah, so then what happens? It's the Amendola show, and he was just ripping him up. And I think the Pats had under 50 yards rushing in that game, right? So yep. it was the Jaguars knew that they had to defend the pass, and they couldn't. You know what changed the game for me? Like... Tim talked about the field position the whole second half, how they started. Was it inside their 10, you said, except for the last possession? Well, at the end of the first half, right, they get those those two big plays via penalty the Pats did. One was, were they both P.I.? I know the one down the field to put them in like the four or the five. That was, Cook's P.I. is a questionable PI. call. Oh, and the other one was the helmet to helmet on Gronk that knocked yeah. him out of the game. Didn't like that call. Didn't like that call either. I mean... It, I mean, it was a helmet to helmet, but there's no other way. No, to no, 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 that call I liked. That was a good call. Oh, okay. We're talking, We're talking about, the about the PI. No, I agree with that. Like, he ran him out of bounds. Like, he, he ran him out of bounds, but... There was no... He there, was on that. He was out of bounds. Like, he was... Where else was he going to run? I mean, he's just a littler man. Yeah. yeah he he, oh, I agree. But anyway, so, like, back to my point. That They go down, score, makes it 17-10 mm-hmm. before half. What was it? A minute 20, a minute 25, three timeouts? You take a knee? Yeah. Like, also, they, kind of shit, like, they, get, they get a full start penalty off a timeout. Which, not a full a delay, start, a game. delay a game, which is that, which they picked up the first down on too. I I think if you call a timeout and then you get a penalty on the ensuing play, you want to talk about bad coaching. That's on the coaching staff. Yeah, I wasn't suspect though. They let the play play out and then they pick up the first down. And you, well, they called the illegal shift there. That's what it was. Pretty sure that was a delay game. Pretty sure it was an illegal shift on You're uh, talking Mercedes about the, Lewis. on the third down. It was third and eight, I think it was. The the completion to Mercedes Lewis. Yeah. yeah, that was that was a delay of game. I think delay of game. Delay yeah, you game. sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah he didn't like, get the snap off. Yeah, yeah. He, they might they, they might have the blew the whistle play out. Yeah, but they might have blew the whistle and no one like heard it. Yeah, because mm. like I didn't hear it on my TV. Because he definitely didn't get the snap off. A delay of game. No, is, I know, I know. I, he didn't get the snap off. If you want to talk about some questionable calls, there were some questionable calls in this game. I wanna before you get into that, how do you guys feel about that Gronk hit though? Like just as a whole, just that like, that play just across football in general. Honestly, it's a penalty. It's unfortunate because there's really nothing else the fucking guy could do. It's either a concussion or end of your legs. Yeah, and that's Richard Sherman went he to Twitter and, yeah. and he said that, and that's something that I feel. But that's just a fact. If a receiver leaves his feet, 
you're either gonna try and use your shoulder, which he he did. He went for the ball with his shoulder, it just happened to bang heads with him, yeah. unfortunately. Goes, or you go low and take his legs out and it's a dirty hitter. It's another fifteen yard penalty regardless. Tony Gonzalez was once asked this and he said that hit me high every time. Cause I might get a concussion, I'll be out a week or two. But if you hit me low, you blow my knee, I'm out for a year and that might alter my career. Yeah. Who knows if you're the so, same player after that? There's nothing more you could do if you're Barry Church. Yeah, I mean, that's what I said. It's unfortunate because, I mean, it is a penalty. You have to make it a penalty because if you don't, then people are just going to aim for your Is head. there a solution to that, though? There really isn't. It's just you got to continue to penalize people and, you know, it's unfortunate, but you're going to get a fucking concussion every now and then when people are throwing their helmet around. And I'm glad Gronk didn't come back into the game because he got up and he was... Yeah, he, yeah, was, he couldn't he even... Just, fucking Hogan know, was yeah, all yeah, up. Yeah, like, Kelsey yeah, yeah, yeah same thing. First playoff game against the Titans. He looked up. He looked really woozy. He, he, he got hit see, in the face mask. You can like. see his mouth go, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. Yo, sometimes to me, that's scarier to see than like when a player suffers like a serious fracture or dislocation. Like someone being like, whoa. Oh, yeah. Like woozy and out of it. No, I see, yo, I that really, scares me more. I'd rather see a hundred of those than one knee injury. Like those, ugh, they make me cringe. I don't know, but now, now that you see the ramifications of what could happen when you get hit in the head enough, you could like yeah. be seriously fucked up later on in life. Yeah, I know. But. Yeah, but they don't think like that now. They think, Yo, let me just miss a week or two and I'll be back. Can I rant one time? Rant one time. That play, uh, when when Miles Jack stripped Deion Lewis with the ball, mm-hmm. and the referees called it dead. I've been on the referees all fucking year on this show saying, "Motherfuckers, <laughs> just let the goddamn play happen." Yeah, you could go back and change it. Just let it happen. Just let the play happen. You have a turnover, and that would have been a scoring play, and you would have had to review both of them. Yeah. Let the play happen. Because that's that's a giant, giant swing of events. That Miles Jack makes that strip. He would have been gone. And if you look at the replay, there's no down by contact. He would have been gone. That's seven points for the Jaguars. That'd be 27-10. 27-10 at that point. Instead, what happens is they turn the ball over. The Jaguars go three and out. After that three and out, the Patriots respond 14 uh, and, and, and cut the lead. And now look what happens. That's what happens. They, they cut it to 2017 at that point. And the whole momentum of the game shifts because you can't keep your fucking whistle out of your mouth. Am I crazy for thinking that that might have not been a fumble? Yes. He 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 gets the ball loose, right? Not even loose. Like the ball slides down. But it does it. seem... I got it right here. Look, you see right there? It does seem... Oh, that was a terrible... Of you, we're watching the replay now. This is great podcasting, by the way. But uh, it, it seems like he still has it there, and then it comes nah. loose. But he's down. I think once it's out initially, it's just out. Yeah, like once you it's loose, out, you don't have full control. It's like a catch. Like that would never be a catch. Yeah, once it's out initially, you gotta you gotta regain complete possession. He just had the ball kind of on his hip. On his leg. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you that they should just let the play go. Just let it go. Like yeah. what, what's and the they, worst because it happen? gets reviewed anyway. Yeah, I feel literally you all turn like turnovers get reviewed and score. Well, scoring plays get reviewed. I mean, I, went back to that. People are giving it a. I, I, there's a lot of conspiracy theorists out there because look, if you look at it, you got that play. You got the play. Another play that I that I'm calling that last Dion run, that Dion Lewis run. There was a holding on that run, a giant obvious holding by the blocker who opened up that side he set the edge on that play and it was a giant holding that you could just see him pull the thing yo joe if you could if you could pull it up that's right right. the clip clip. it's it's the Dion lewis run and i don't know i didn't really catch in real time or if you look 
it's a clear holding. And my brother even said, like, I was watching a game with Jason. He's like, oh, that's a hold. It's coming back. And then nothing happened. And that's it's nine penalties to one penalty, right? The last team to have one penalty in a playoff game ever was the Patriots in 2014, right? So they have the least amount of penalties since 2014, and the other team has nine penalties that cost them over 100 yards and, and a touchdown. I don't know. I just I I think the conspiracy theorists are going a little too far. But it, it would it be crazy to say that the Patriots at least got home field advantage from so, the refs? So I hear what you're saying, but year in year out, the Patriots are at the bottom at being penalized. Right? That's also something that Belichick has really put in their brains. You know, yo, you fumble, it's a wrap for you. We didn't see Lewis for about yeah, two quarters. It was a wrap for him. Yeah, it was. This is a Jason White show. Yeah, you know James. what I mean? Uh, James White. What did I say? Jason White. Mm-hmm. Why did I think of Jason White? Don't know. Wasn't that the quarterback? The one yeah, that was from Legend OU. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they know not to the Jesse James play a couple of weeks ago, right? All the Patriot players said that Belichick teaches us not to lunge for the goal line because that might be a scenario that plays out. So they've been coached these things. But I do hear you. Like there are a lot of questionable calls, but like you said, Tim, it feels like every Monday episode this year. If we've done 18 of them, 16 of them, you've ranted about the referees. It's true. So it's, this is just how it is. There's going to be questionable calls. But look, the referees didn't play a role in that third and 18 when they had to pass. The referees didn't blow a, didn't give up 14 points with nine minutes left. True. Your defense did there. And Blake Bortles played a hell of a game for his standards. He didn't turn the ball over, I believe, the entire postseason. I saw there was a prop. It was it was seven to one that he'd have no turnovers this postseason. So it was a nice little payout if you would have bet that. But it's impressive because if you won one game and lost, yeah, you, I mean you think you probably turned it over. And then yeah, if you lost it, but. but first game that the Jaguars have lost all year where Blake Bortles did not turn, turn the ball, ball over. They first said one. too on the commentary on that third and eight that you told that the hold that Deion Lewis picked up that he like turned around and chucked the ball as far as he could into the crowd because he was yeah. so frustrated. Yo, Blake Bortles played well, man. Like he gets ragged on by us, by everyone in the yeah, media. Yeah, Bouye's had a tough time with smaller wide receivers. You know, it's easier for him to match up with the Julio Jones and the Marius Thomases of the world. But if you look, you know, uh, Ty Hilton had pretty—I wouldn't say solid, but he he got some games on him. Brandon Cooks had a hell of a game yesterday. Uh, we saw what Antonio Brown did to him the week before. So it's those smaller wide receivers that seem to Will Fuller too, going back to to when the Texans played him. So it it, it might have been a matchup, and you saw that they weren't really targeting Jalen Ramsey. Well, he was on Gronk too a little bit in the like beginning, yeah, and then and then he just completely shut down. He shut down Hogan, and then when they kept feeding the ball to Cooks, you actually saw them switch over because on the penalty on the touchdown to Amendola, the essentially the game winner. Cooks had uh, Ramsey on them, and they flip-flop sides. But also, Jacksonville plays aggressive, so you're going to get uh, PI calls against you. It's the same thing with Seattle. If your MO is being aggressive and pressing and, and you know being a chippy team, you're going to get calls go against you. And there was that one drive where they had like 67 yards of penalties or some shit. That was the one before half with yeah. the PI and the 15 yards on Gronk. Yeah. I tweeted this out from VM how... If you're the Chargers watching this postseason, how you give up on Lambeau, man? Yeah. I want to show kickers some love every chance I get, but, yo, this guy was money. Not only money, but, like, dead on right down the center. Bomb. He had a bomb. Was he either 54. The 54 yarder. And, and they say that's a harder end of Gillette Stadium to kick into. 
Because over there they have the the, the weird openings uh, similar to Heinz Field. Yeah. Heinz Field, that stadium doesn't go entirely how MetLife is, where there's uh, an upper level throughout the opening. whole top. There's an opening, so you get the wind that comes in and spirals out of control. And yo, you go back to what the Chargers did this First year. Couple weeks, man. yeah. Difference in the season. Everybody hates on the kicker until your team doesn't have one. It's a huge X factor. I was expecting to draft Lambo in my fantasy team. I had him two years ago when I won the championship. I wanted him again. And, and uh, Young Ho Cool was their kicker. Lambo used to be a regular, and I think it was oh, Josh's DFS line. I was like a couple years ago. So underpriced week in, week out. Yeah. Because, you know, the Chargers have a pretty good offense. They get into the red zone. And you saw with the Jaguars this year, anytime that Blake Bortles didn't need to throw, they were in games, and he was putting up big numbers. Yo, guys, can I, can I ask a question? Tom Brady. We know he's the greatest of all time. This has already been said. Right. How about this one? Greatest athlete. Of all time. Michael Phelps. Of all the sports. No, yo, it's Michael Phelps. Come on. I think Phelps. Yo, he did the unthinkable. He's more successful than Tom Brady. Yo, that's absurd what he did. I'm not going to even get into the Michael Phelps thing. I don't don't think that's a... I wouldn't put Phelps in that. I think he's an Olympic athlete of all time. I think think there is a difference. Esports is about to be an Olympic event. What does think, that mean? I think that means swimming isn't a sport. No. I'm saying though, if you if you're gonna go by a, an Olympic athlete, if esports is gonna be in the Olympics, and I'm the best video game player, am I the best athlete? So does that mean like oh. no Olympic gold holds any sort of weight? Well, with it, you? It, it does hold weight, but I'm not gonna put them in the same discussion with Jordan and LeBron and and Brady. I think Why what, not? I think That's the difference me. is an endurance athlete versus a skill based athlete. I think this is just Nick basing it off. There's no professional league. Nah, because Michael Phelps also is an endurance athlete, though. Like his 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 ability to swim longer and faster than everyone else is his skill, right? He's not juking people. He's not out. Yeah, that's that's you what, know what I'm I mean. Saying. Like this is he, it's not a game of skill. It's a game of endurance. Okay. So you could see that those are two very different types of athletes. But I see where you're your, coming from. That's your number one athlete of all time, Michael Phelps, for real. The most accomplished I mean, athlete is, in the world. It's not like a crazy argument to make. To say, I'm not going to say he's the most athletic person in the world. I think LeBron James could beat him at everything. Uh, he's pretty long, Michael Phelps. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he could beat him at everything. He's a better, like, athlete. But as far as, like, the word athlete and, like, accomplishments that come with that, this guy's the most accomplished guy by far of all time. Like, I, I hear easily. You. I hear you. I, I'm, athlete I'm gonna, is different than being, like, athletic. I'm yeah. going to go with Nick's. No, he's super athletic, but I'm going to go with Nick's definition on this one because I think an endurance athlete, like, it, it's the the marathon. If you're going by Nick's How about definition, the City marathon? you're going to say Tom Brady's more athletic than LeBron James? I didn't, no, 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 no. I said, I didn't say that. So what are you saying? I said the more, the best athlete of all time. So then what are you basing it off of? Because how can you pick Tom Brady over LeBron? Skill, because it's skill. It's not So it's then not how could the you most... pick Tom Brady over LeBron? <clears throat> what do you mean? It's you... skill. It's not, it's not the most talented person. What he does if for, at his sport, he's the best athlete of all time. I think Tom Brady's the number. The, if Him he and like the, Gretzky. The best if he dominant. wins this Super Bowl, he's the, he's the GOAT. Wow. Period. You know what? Well, that's... Wayne Gretzky's bad. up there as well. Mike Gretzky's fucking yeah. Like for me, I for me, like Gretzky. It, I think it's. Goat. I think Gretzky. Yeah, because he's the most dominant player at his sport. No one is close to that. What Not he did close. in hockey, nobody is close. In, in my opinion, I'm going. I'm still going. With, I'm going with Michael Phelps. Yeah, he's that's insane. So where where does Tom Brady 
Where does Tiger Woods fit in? Like the, I, Tiger, you know, golf's not a sport. See, like this is golf's not a sport. Golf is definitely a sport. Tim, golf is not a sport. Go- golf is a game. Golf's not a sport. What the fuck is football? It's a sport. It's a game. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, it's a ga- it's a game you play game, but it's a sport. It tests you athletically. Tim, are golf you does fucking... not? Te- Yo, John Daly has won a major. So, so is Trent Dilfer's won a Super Bowl. Nah, and he was a ridiculous 6'3", fucking 240 yeah, athlete. Who judging, cares how big they are? Nah, you're judging how he looks. Like, John Daly doesn't look like an athlete, right? No, I'm so saying... Janikowski doesn't look like an athlete either. an obese person... Janikowski. What about, what about him? Mo Vaughn hit, what, like 400 home CC runs? CeCe Sabathia has a ring. Yo, none of those guys are obese. CeCe Sabathia is 100% Yo, obese. John Daly is a... Cigarette smoking, beer drinking, unathletic person. Bro, Bartolo Colon starts in the MLB. But you know, Bartolo Colon became obese later. <laughs> he was. You o- just said CC Sabathia isn't obese. No, because he's he's an athlete. We've seen he was just a, a athlete Not when that always. gained weight as the years went on. No, and, he was always a big. And guy. And he just gets covered. Yeah, he was always a big guy, but he was never obese. He just had a little belly. In he's, his Cleveland he is 100% days. obese. Just because he's an athlete doesn't mean he's not obese. Yo, can we go back to Brady for a second? I think I think he's... in. What happened? What'd you just pull up? I was going to say that he's acting as if John Daly was born obese and started his <laughs> no, career but obese. He doesn't put any... How can you say golf is a sport? I don't even understand that. Golf is a hobby. Nah. Golf is a, is a game. Okay. We could have that argument another time because that's the most ridiculous. You don't even walk from the next hole. You take a little cart. Oh my God. Trump plays golf. That's why I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yo, golf is definitely a sport. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. This is his eighth finals appearance in the Super Bowl. He's been in the league. What is this? Sixteen? I, I think half his half career he's been in the. That's dominance. Yeah, it is. Seven straight conference finals. That's ridiculous. And he's done it with. I mean, LeBron's done that too. He's done it with new guys gearing you out. New guys just coming in. He did it with Moss. He did it with Welker. That's He's done it with Deion Branch. The sport of football is the roster spots are like a revolving door. Is it more impressive to do it by yourself or with the team? What does that mean? Like an individual sport. Oh, like a golf? <laughs> or like a Michael Phelps? Like a golf. Uh, Michael, like a, yeah, something like that. Like an individual thing. A tennis player. I think a team. With a team, without a doubt. Yeah. Is more impressive? Oh, yeah. I think with a team, why? Like you can't you can't blame anybody so, else but yourself so th- in the in the individual. In the I think individual. If, I think in the individual you're more dominant. I think the argument can actually go both ways because if your team plays bad, then you whatever. But you could also play bad, and your team could pick you up. I think. So it, I guess it's kind of like weird. I said, the individual is more dominant, but the team is more impressive. It's more impressive leading a team of fifty three than it is leading a team of one. Also, his position is. Yeah. Kind of an individual. Right. Right. We don't care what the running backs win loss record is. We care what the quarterbacks is. You're right. It's quarterback and head coach. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Brady's also 40. That's another like, thing. This is crazy. So hold on. We always say time wins, but when does time lose? So, like, Brady's still playing at a high level at 40. Like, it's cut, this yo- has never been done before. And yes, time wins. Like, he won't be playing when he's 70. But he's beating Father Time right now, and like to say he's not, I think it's kind of crazy. Nah, he definitely isn't. Yo, listen, before everyone was on the Tom Brady train with this, we had Alex Kalinkos in here, like two years ago, telling us about this diet that Tom Brady's on and the benefits of it. And TB12, 
there's one thing that's that's you, you could tell like not this diet not only benefits him physically but it ben- benefits him mentally because gut health is so connected to brain health and you could see the level that Tom Brady's on he's just thinking at a next level as well and to the point where he could look downfield take a sack and tuck his hand in so he doesn't fall on before his he hands. hits the floor like that's how quickly his brain goes through all the processes of what's going on right now and that's fucking it's, it's insane he's 40 years old he's he's thinking clearer than the 25 year olds and his body's better than the 25 year olds let's also be honest having a brazilian supermodel wife definitely helps you know <laughs> be father of time that's keeps you that young. is not science that is <laughs> nick's theory but i mean yager science <laughs> Yager's still doing Scientific it. Scientific theory. Yager. <laughs> Yager might play until he's 70. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> until they don't Barely. work in that building. All right. So now the other game, we have the Eagles beating the Vikings 38-7. to What the fuck happened there? Yo, if, if you are one of those people who are going, I told you Nick Foles was going to throw three touchdowns against this defense. You're a fucking liar. Surprised that's not Tim, honestly. Yeah. Why? Because you were singing his praises that he had great numbers in the playoffs. Sure, but coming I mean, into the playoffs, I don't think I, anyone, I don't think anyone this, saw this shit. I don't even think Nick Foles' fucking mom saw this coming. <laughs> She's like, "Yeah, don't get hurt out there." Yeah. All right, there, Nick. <laughs> like, don't worry. I'll have a home cooked meal for you at home. Yo, you know what's crazy? You got, you I know back. Nick brought up Trey Wayne's PFF ranking last yeah. week. The two biggest plays that they made downfield. One was the flea flicker on Tory Tor- Smith on Trey Wayne's. The other was when uh, Xavier Rhodes stepped out for one second and Terrence Newman had to go turn uh, Alshon Jeffrey. <laughs> Two deep shots downfield, and they both made the DBs look stupid. Trey Waynes was getting picked on. Kind of felt bad for him at mm. one point. It was just every target was just going his way. And, and yo, that was a very veteran move on Nick Foles when Xavier Rhodes steps out for one play, and they immediately target the guy that steps in for him. Drew Brees did that with Michael Thomas. Remember, Sandejo got hit on a cheap shot by Michael Thomas kind of, kind of stood over him, kind of didn't depending on what side you want to take. And then Rhodes was fired up on the sidelines. They had to take him out for a play to calm him down. Next play, uh, Thomas scores a touchdown. So it's, that's a veteran move. And Nick Foles has been in the league for, for a long time now. And you saw that. That was very impressive. He, he balled out. I mean, definitely no one saw that coming. The guy that took down the 250 K on DraftKings and Nick Foles at, at 4%. Everybody went Brady, and even Keenum had a and and Foles just just went crazy. Well, last week I said on the show, if you're giving me, I think this one's gonna come down to the quarterbacks, and if you're giving me a quarterback out of Keenum and Foles, I'm taking Keenum. That was a mistake. Um, <laughs> like, listen, I think that this game came down to the best unit on the field was the Vikings defense, and they played as though they were the worst unit on the field. Um, going back and watching that game a little more in depthly, uh, there were. So many missed tackles. I don't think the Vikings made a one-on-one tackle all game. Um, there were so many third and longs that the that the that I'm sorry that the Eagles were in that got converted because of a missed tackle or two. Uh, there was a couple of JHI swingouts where he looked like he was going to get stopped in the backfield. He breaks one tackle and ends up getting like 14, 15 yards. Nick Foles had absolutely months it seemed like to be in the pocket, just standing there, going through his progressions, looking around, looking around, taking that giant stride that he has or the over the top throw that he uses and making these ridiculous dime throws because the defense and the things that they were able to do so well during the regular season 
They didn't do any of those things. And I don't know if it's because they're in a little hangover from the ridiculous high they were on last week, which could be an issue. Um, I don't know if it's because the offense put them in a few shitty positions. I don't know if it's just because the the Eagles' offense was just better. They just have better players. But the Vikings' defense at every single level, like Anthony Barr had a terrible game, and Sandejo had a fucking – it seemed like every time there was a big play, Sandejo was in the area. So he left the game early, early in the third quarter with a calf injury. So he and he was he had just cleared concussion protocol. I mean, by that by that time the game was over. I, I'm not gonna lie, I the fourth quarter I was barely paying attention because there was nothing really to pay attention to. Uh, that game was completely over, and I don't know. I I think that the there was the Vikings defense and their lack of tackling that really that really was the difference in this game. There's a professional better I've made. I've mentioned him in the past. This guy Steve Fezzik. He's won the Super Contest twice. I know Boston. And I want to get in the Super Contest. It's the biggest oh, football yeah. handicapping pool. And uh, he was on the Eagles side, and he tweeted it after the fact. Um, and it was funny how when you think of it now, it makes sense. Anytime a team wins the week before on a play that's called the miracle, and they were getting ninety percent of the money on the spread. Like it had all the makings of a letdown. Hmm. Dome teams going outdoors in conference championship games. Do you know what the record is going into this game? 0-12. Wow. Straight up. L's. A lot of L's to the head. Wow. Now 0-13. There's something about that. We say how, you know, when you play indoors, you don't need to worry about the climate. Look, it was 40 degrees. It was nice weather. What it should be in Philly now. Even Foxborough was beautiful weather. We left Boston. We were in hoodies. Yo, Sweating my dick off. Yeah, it was beautiful weather out. So it's it's the turf. It's the indoors. It's not having to worry about any wins. And then you go out outdoors. And then you had, what was it, 55,000 masks they said they sold? <laughs> Those underdog masks? Yeah. It, it, and look, Philly's a hostile place to play. I know anytime we the Giants got the Eagles on their schedule and it's coming up, I'm like, damn, why do we got to go into Philly now? It's a tough, tough place to play. Dude, they were... They were they were yelling "fuck Millie," the like one hundred year old yeah. uh, woman from the last game. They had signs. They were going "fuck Millie," dude. That's crazy. That's you gotta be a savage. Like that, that's a. I don't think that's that funny. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yo, that's out of control. Come on, they, uh, exactly. It's out of control. There's, yeah. a, there's a, a, savage, a fan base man. that. <clears throat> that booed Santa Claus. It's yeah, yeah. like the infamous story of Yo. the Philly Philly fanatics. Yo, that's crazy. What fucking psychos? Fuck, it's a hundred year old woman. Oh my god, they're out of their fucking minds. Oh, so let me ask you a question. I mean, we're not going to preview the Super Bowl, but I'm saying we see what Nick Foles can do against the Vikings, who we thought are the best defense in the league. Three hundred fifty-two yards, three touchdowns. What kind of shot do we have moving forward here? I think they have a good shot. Like. This brings my real question. I'm sorry. My real question was going to be: If Carson Wentz is on this team on the Super Bowl, he never goes down. How confident are you in the Eagles? Very, because, very confident. Yeah, because, a lot more confident than Foles. As as great as he played on Sunday, you'd be um, foolish. But, but, you'd be foolish not to be more confident yeah. with Wentz. Obviously, but I'm saying like, does this help? Oh, You're yeah, laying, for like, sure. Is the drop off not as drastic as you thought? I think it's obviously I was, it, there's a gap. I was going to touch on that. I think it's back to the coaching. Like I've been singing Mike Zimmer's praises all year, and Doug Peterson, who was on the hot seat last year, has embraced Nick Foles as the quarterback. They had a couple bad games in the year against Oakland and Dallas, mm-hmm. and whatever the bye week did, that he helped him get him together. 
they've taken off since in all facets of that offense. Passing the running game. You were even talking about LeGarrette Blunt and Ajay had pretty good games themselves. I mean, mm-hmm. they're also bringing out all different players. We saw a flea flicker. You know, even the Patriots are like going across. Like the playbooks are just wide open now. And I don't know if Foles looks comfortable back there. And he he's been with Peterson in the past. Yeah. With the Eagles when he broke in. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I feel confident with him. To give me a shot to win. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be like it was this week with the Vikings. Or like even two weeks ago, we were kind of like, yo, no, Carson Wentz, fuck it. Prior like, to this game, they were giving out look-ahead lines to what the Super Bowl matchups will be. This is after New England won. And they were saying if Wentz was the quarterback prior to this game, it would have been a pick Really? Right? Shit. So even after this performance now, the line opened up at six and a half. It's been bet down now. It's at five. But... I would say that it'd probably be a pick on what wins hmm. if he was in. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I don't think the quarterback is nearly as important. Like obviously he's important, but I, I don't think it's if Foles doesn't have three touchdowns, the game is out of reach. I think it's the offensive lines. I think if the Eagles offensive line could protect the way they protected in this game, then yes, they're gonna have a chance. There's no way to not have a chance because at the end of the day, Nick Foles is a professional quarterback, and if you give him fucking seven seconds to throw, he's going to make complete passes. He got weapons too, man. Yeah, and you, you saw the double move that Alshon Jeffrey put on uh, Terrence. Terrence Newman. Yo, what, what about Ertz on, yeah, on Harrison Ertz Smith? He hit him with the old school <laughs> chair pattern and ICYP. <laughs> Left him in. And that was a big play in the, the yeah. game. That was a major momentum shifter. I think it was on a third down. One thing, the Eagles have been the best team all year on third and long. And last time, and when Carson Wentz went down, that's when everyone was like, all right, they're going to they're gonna stop doing that. They're going to stop converting their third and longs. In fact, they converted a third and 10 in this game. It's the first time since Carson Wentz went out in week 14 that a third and 10 was converted by the Eagles. And when I look at these thirds and tens, if you really go back and watch the game again, uh, or like just look at the tape, and uh, or like when I say the tape, I mean like the replay, and... You just see these third and ten conversions. It's all Eagles players breaking tackles to get there. It's all yards after catch. And as good as a game as Nick Foles had, a lot of it was just the the players of the Eagles wanted it more, it seemed. Will you see that same thing against the Patriots? Because the Patriots aren't going to miss open field tackles. They were too well coached for that. Mm. So that's the that's the difference. Like the game, it's a game of inches, and stopping someone to make it fourth and two or letting them get that extra full body extension to make it first and 10, that's where the games are won and lost. LeGarrette Blunt, it was a third down run, right? Uh, Sendejo made contact with him before the first down marker. He completely ran over him into the end zone, right? And that was the second touchdown of the game after the interception return. So it's things like that, the little things. that That's why I think that a lot of people are, are a little too high on the Eagles right now because the Vikings lost that game as much as the Eagles won it. And the Patriots aren't gonna lose a game. They're not gonna they're not gonna be you're not gonna say, Wow, the Patriots played really shitty and that's why they lost that game. No, it's gonna be because the other team played spectacular. Mm-hmm. Right? No one when the Giants won the Super Bowl, no one said they won because the Patriots played shitty. Everyone said the Giants played spectacular football. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be the same thing again. The Eagles are going to have to play spectacular football in order to beat the Patriots. And they they did play spectacularly because they broke they broke those tackles and they got those extra yards. But will the Patriots allow them to do that? I don't know if that's the case. 
Well said. Um, all right, so I mean, on our next episode, we'll kind of preview the Super Bowl or the one after that. I don't fucking know. We're done. Yeah, well, I think next. Oh, we Thursday. got the fucking Pro Bowl and shit this week. Oh, which we're very big on. We're gonna preview <laughs> the hell out of that. Derek um, Carr just made the Pro Bowl. Here's today. the preview. So don't watch. I haven't watched the Pro Bowl. I swear to God, in three years. Yeah, like a, a snap. I stopped watching the Pro Bowl when Teddy Bridgewater made it. <laughs> that might be your future quarterback because you guys are Yo, Teddy Bridgewater that year had the lowest yards per completion in the league. And he was, and like six AFC quarterbacks were just like, meh. That's the future. So Teddy Bridgewater. The bridge. The future. They, I, I, I will fucking, I don't know. I'll, I'll probably cease being a Jets fan if we, if we get Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. Anyway. Don't come back though when he starts killing. Um, yeah, psych. Teddy B. The original of the two gloves, not Tom Brady. Something big happened in uh, college basketball. Zion Williams Williamson committed to Duke. Mm. So now Duke has one, two, and three off the board. Uh, R.J. Barrett and Cam Reddish. And Cam Reddish, yeah. And they also ha- gave a, like a verbal, I think, commitment from Trey Jones, which is like the 12th overall in the ESPN 100. So now they have... A ridiculous like they, they this is the second consecutive season Duke has landed four players ranked in the top ten. Wow. Yeah. A lot of people want to play for Coach K. Second consecutive season and last year Jason Tatum. Yeah. Went like but third overall. Yeah. Like it's insane. Luke Kennard was a lottery pick. Duke's probably losing their starting five too, and then they bring in all these guys. So it's like yeah, it's, they it's, are. it's what They're Kentucky chilling. was doing a couple years ago. Kyrie was the first ever one and done at Duke, believe it or not. And ever since the one and done, uh, Coach K is like, all right, fuck it. If that's what we got to do to compete, we'll do yeah, it. Yeah, and that's, it's been a wrap. That's Jabari a Parker, Ingram, uh, all these guys. Like Winslow. Winslow. Uh, Okafor, Okafor. Ty Jones is getting picks. a lot of burn now with the Timberwolves. Ty Jones. Yo, it, it goes back to adapting, right? He was so anti one and done. You need to play three, four years here. You have to. You have to. Until top recruits left and right. We're spurning them. Yo, I'm not going to come to Duke. I don't want to play four years. Uh, I don't even want to be here. I just want to go straight to the league. So what happened? He was saying, oh, shit, to his assistant probably. Yo, we're losing all these guys. We should just let them do their thing. If they're going to get us to the final fours and national championships, who cares? Right? We're doing our job. We're winning because that's ultimately one of the big things that they need to do as coaches. Mm -hmm. So he just adapted. And he's like, yo, you want to come for a semester? By all means, come. We'll retire your jersey in 10 years when you've won a final four or some shit. And that's what he's doing now. I think for Zion too, like this this guy's known as a just a guy that's kind of bigger, faster, and stronger than everyone in high school. He just, he's a gigantic yeah, person. Just runs to the basket and dunks it. So just bounces bananas. If you're yeah. Zion Williamson, who better to learn under as a coach that can like really round out your game before you go to the league than Coach K? I think look if if he becomes a Jason Tatum type. Like someone like Jason Tatum is not a great shooter, but he's a serviceable shooter who will get better as the year goes on, and explosive and long and can can guard multiple positions. If he could turn Zion Williams into something like that, then his draft stock goes through the roof, his college career goes through the roof, and all of a sudden you got a guy who might go number one overall in the NBA draft. Uh, if he's if he is like you know has all those facets to his game that Coach K could add. So win for Duke, win for Coach K, win for Zion Williamson. I think it's a win for Zion because, like t- like Tim said, like his game isn't fully developed. He's a like a one slasher. Like he'll get to the hoop and finish at will because he's wider than everyone and he can get up higher than everyone. So even if he's not throwing it on you and you're not getting out of the way, he's 
going up there and taking the contact and finishing for the end one. Weren't you? So we, I remember you, we were talking about this over the weekend, and you said one of your biggest concerns is you're not sure what he's going to play. Because yeah. isn't he too small to be a big, but he's too big to be a exactly, small? Exactly, which was I was, get, I was At gonna, least in the league. not right, Yeah, in the league. But, I mean, this kid is a top recruit. I'll tell you, 6'7"? 6'8". But I was going to get to yeah, like... And he weighs like 280. Well, Jason Tatum's 6'8". Isn't he 6'9"? Bro, yeah, but He's going to go build. against R.J. Barrett in practice every day. He's going to go against Cam Reddish. And they're projected 1, 2, and 3. So... If he if his game isn't rounded out, he has a chance to do it against NBA talent and right. practice every day in the gym. Yo, you want to go play one out? Like yo, you just they'll probably be roommates. They're all freshmen. Get hit, yo, Tim, you want to go to the gym, shoot around, work on our game, one on one, guard me. You know, make me shoot or something. Don't let me go left. And they're all NBA top five talent. Arguably one, two, and three. They're one, two, and three in the class. And on mocks, they have them going one, two, and three. So I think that in that situation like it's a great move for zion in particular um but for college basketball like south Carolina, i mean uh, clemson was l- projected to be the favorite to land him going into mm-hmm. his decision day and uh he burned them he's from south carolina so that's why they were considered the favorite but i remember media. asking you i'm like yo why is clemson in the running yeah and he said he's from there yeah. well duke is from north duke is in north carolina so it's not like yeah, but Duke's like a powerhouse. That's not like yeah, why, but it's the that's same not reason, why they're yeah, in the running. It's the same reason why Ben Simmons went to LSU. I didn't. I'm like, yo, why was he going there? And then it turned out that his his family went there, there and it's yeah. like the heritage and shit. But uh, yeah, man. I mean, I think it's a great look for Zion just to get better for that one year. He's gonna be there, dude. <laughs> I mean, he's sacrificing. Who a was lot. playing this kid in high school? Can you imagine you're like a good freshman kid in high school? You made the varsity team. But he's <laughs> fucking guys more AAU, court? isn't he? Isn't he playing yeah, more AAU than he is high school? I mean, yeah, you had all the circuits. Dude, anyone. I don't care. It's like you're 16 years yeah, old playing, playing against him. He's 17. Now. He's fucking throwing it down. This guy's fucking 286.7. You're like, he's well, I like just don't, I'll be sick that day. Don't put me in. It's wild. <laughs> it's crazy. Duke has one, two, and three. And I'm a Syracuse fan. We got the number nine player. It's like our first big recruit in a long time. Like that high. I'm like mad hyped. They got one, two, and three. I think that's the first time it's ever happened, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, it probably is. One, two, and three. You don't think Kentucky might have done it with uh, Calipari? That one year where they had... Uh, not all those guys were one, two, and three. Like John Wall's here. No, I'm talking about Davis. Who did they have? Terrence, I don't know who was... MKG who. was on that team, wasn't he? Yeah, Kid Gilchrist? But think I mean, he was, he was the number two pick in the draft, so he had to be a top recruit. Yeah, but he wasn't a top three recruit. It'll definitely be the first time Duke, like any college goes one, two, three in the draft if this happens. I don't know. I don't even know if that's right. I just that's obvious. No, <laughs> yeah, that's obviously I, never happened. I think like we've known that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's absurd. I but. think Kentucky had I think eight guys go in the first round, and five of them were in the top ten or some shit. But yeah, I don't I don't think it was <laughs> eight one two, guys three. in the first round. Yeah, that was the that was an insane year when the uh, remember when Florida also had four guys in the in like the. In that was Horford, Noah, um, Corey Brewer. Yeah. So I'm looking at the end wow. here. Who's the fourth guy? Who's the white guy? Humphreys. Humphreys, yeah. Woo! We always bring him up. But now there was another guy now, that yeah, went pro. Who's the fourth guy on that squad? Horford, Noah, Isn't Brewer. I don't know. That was a big three. Brewer, and then you had Humphreys. And then there was someone else. Who was the guard David on that Lee? squad? Nah, no. David Lee was long Before gone. The, after. Yeah, it's yeah. a short shooting guard. Or the small forward. By the way, Anthony Davis here. Andre Drummond was the number two player in the country. Mm-hmm. And then it was Austin Rivers. Wow, legend. And then MKG. And then at nine, they had Marcus Teague. Marquise Teague, I'm sorry. But, uh, yeah, they had some good players. Brad Beal was in that class. 
Yeah, that was a good class when they went to the league too. Brad Beal from Florida, right? He was yeah, a Gator, wasn't he? Florida, yep. Hmm. Yeah, he Brad. That team was nice. Brad What's Beal, that? Kenny Boynton. I think Irv Walker was on that team. Shout Irv Walker, Queens. yeah, Queens. Shout out. Uh, also, just some NBA news. Uh, Jason Kidd fired. Goodbye. Canned. Wow. Why? Who saw that coming? Apparently, Giannis is devastated. My first thought when I heard this was, there's got to be bad blood between him and Giannis because why would you, why would you fire your coach who your superstar loves? So how would there be bad blood with him and Giannis if he's devastated? That well, he now fight? I heard he's devastated. That's why it confuses me even more because I just figured there's bad blood there if Jason Kidd's fired. But if there's not, and Jason Kidd made some made a quote last night, and you guys share your thoughts while I while I. Uh, well, I get this quote because this quote might be the reason why he was fired. Was it the one about Jabari Parker? Because I heard that there was some mixed feelings on how he feels about Jabari, Par- uh, Jabari Parker. And Parker is due to come back within the next couple of weeks. And that's a big piece of them going forward. If if Parker could be the you know 20 and 10 guy that he was last year prior to him blowing out his knee again. Because I remember we had a conversation about Wiggins and Towns. Or Giannis and right. uh, Parker, yeah, and we had a, a lengthy debate on which which duo you were, you would rather take, and if Parker now look, Parker's had two ACL surgeries, I believe, on the same knee in eighteen months. God, and he's a guy that's already had the mellow syndrome of being a little heavier than he should be, so now add that, not overweight, but add those extra pounds on top of two surgically repaired knee uh, knees, that's gonna be rough. So. I think that I, I had heard that and I was reading up on this story because I'm I'm just fascinated by the Bucks because, you know, Lamb's up, baby, Giannis. Uh, <laughs> straight up. But uh, you know, and they're and they're a fun team to watch. Ever since they got Bledsoe, he's he's a guy that he understands his role now too. Your boy uh Dully doesn't really see much burn now, so I know you're hyped. <laughs> but you know, you look no, at no, that, I don't hate him. But you look but you look at that starting five, right? Potentially. <laughs> you got Middleton, Bledsoe, Giannis, Parker. And then, I mean, does the fourth guy even matter? Especially in the East, you know, you have two teams that you're really chasing. But they're playing 500 ball, and they played 500 ball last year. Like, you think not winning enough is part of the reason he's fired? Because if you look at it, Greek Freak has been on the rise since Kidd went there, and he, like, pretty much yeah. gave him point guard duties. Yeah, yeah. When who, you know, who knows what other coach would have done that or trusted. That's true. Him I, as a long player would have done that. But they haven't won like games yeah you know a lot of people this was everyone's darling team coming out the east this year a lot of people were saying oh they could seed behind the celtics and the Cavs. yeah oh you, I, I wasn't sure if it was you it was you right yeah, that was me yeah but i think i was on that too though yeah a lot or, of people were they, were they were one of the top three teams in the east wagered for the over i think their over under was 47 and a half wins but i feel like they've underachieved the last couple of years also because of injuries right the first half of last year they didn't have middleton they get Middleton yeah. back, and I think they went like nine and three with Middleton, Giannis, and Parker, and then Parker blows out his knee. So they haven't had this the the Bucks of youth that we were saying, right? I remember you coined that years ago when we were doing the preview, but we haven't seen that core of players, and that's a core that if you keep it together, I think the oldest guy is Middleton. And he might be I don't know what his age is, but I know he's definitely not over thirty, you know. And and they all complement each other so much, and you just. I feel bad for kid from that aspect that he hasn't had all his his uh, weapons to play with. Such a young yo. There's gonna be everyone's lining up for that job. 
Oh, yeah. how could you not? Like you have a top core. five guy right right there in, yeah. in Giannis. Locked up to what? Was he like he's locked up for like till 2020? Yeah. At least 2021. And I, if I was a teams, I would line up to hire Jason Kidd as my head coach. I think Jason Kidd has a great basketball mind. I, I do too, but we'll see what he wants. He's over. Because, a lot of his teams have overperformed. But he also left Brooklyn like wanting uh, GM stakes and stuff. So he's. I mean, that's if you're if you're gonna got give a big ego. That, that's true. But listen, he deserves it. He's he's a Hall of Famer. But listen, to what he said. So he he lost the Heat, and he said that the team was playing selfish, bad basketball, and that the team's youth is one of the reasons. So he goes, "There's no coaching." There's nothing that you could do but get through it and learn. We can keep telling them what's what's coming as a coach, and we can tell them what to do, but it's up to them to make the decision. Right now, we have a hard time doing that. I've said it all year, and I keep saying it. We are young, and you're going through it. You have to keep talking to them to get through it. And until it clicks that they need each other, then this is this is who we're going to be. We're going to be a team who wins two and loses two. So we've got a long ways to go. If you're the owner of the Milwaukee Bucks, right, and you haven't had a good team in a long time. And now you got Yannis. You got this superstar. And there's a league that's driven by superstars. And you just went out and got Eric Bledsoe, right, who has, is on an expensive contract. Is there a chance that he got fired? Because, y'all, I'm not trying to hear that. I'm not trying to hear we got a long way to go. I'm trying to, I'm trying to have a coach that thinks that this team could do it now and that could mold them into that. Now, Jason Kidd, you, you've seen him on the court, and you've seen like people call him like a coach on the court, right? But he's a methodical guy. I wonder if the, if the ownership was just like, we need to get someone in here who can win now. It, when was this? When did he say that? This yeah. is yesterday. So there was an article I found also. Of, he made some comments that Bucks fans are mad at where he said that, again, it was sort of the same thing. We said we're a young team learning how to play the game at a high level with ex- expectations that are a little bit too high. So I think that... He's not lying. No, I mean, yeah. uh, absolutely he's not. But it's like, you also can't say that. You can't like go into the Super Bowl thinking like, yeah, I don't know. Tom Brady might have this one. <laughs> you know? They don't want to hear the truth, Len. They don't. They don't. It's like the what the Raptors said, where they kind of were just like happy to be there. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's You don't want to hear that. And it's like tough, to, you know, that could be the reason. I can't really think of another. That could be. This team, It, does, it their youth does show, though, because they get up to play against the good teams. They've had some nice battles with the Warriors this year, the Raptors, that they had that rematch with them in the in, in the playoffs last year. Anytime Giannis is squared up against LeBron, he dogs LeBron, and there's not many people that could say that. But then they lose games to the Knicks or the uh, Hawks of the world, teams that are at the bottom of the standings, uh, and that that could that could be it. The Bucks are also second to last in three point shooting, but they don't have they have one guy that shoots threes at a high rate, and that's Middleton. They have I, no shooters on that team. I agree. So maybe that's another problem. Maybe it's a problem. The problem of you're not coaching the team the way that the NBA needs to be coached right now. But, uh, but I don't think that's fair if you do don't that. have the roster to do that. I'm just listen, I agree with you guys. I wouldn't have fired Jason Kidd if I were them. I think Jason Kidd's doing a fantastic job. I think that the expectations need to be, you know, calmed a bit. And I was one of the people who started the hysteria, but I also said that they'd be around five hundred and then Jabari Park would come back and then they explode up. So like if do you need to like give them some time? And I I feel like this is a knee jerk reaction. To uh, look, uh, they won. They lost. They only won six games out of the last fifteen, but they lost the Warriors, Raptors, the Heat, who were on that winning streak. They lost to the Sixers without Giannis. So it's like they've lost to some of the better teams in the league. Yeah, and then like, this is obviously a good, this is a good you're going to lose when your superstars not out there, and especially when your team's not playing the best. 
Well, like this is this is their little cold streak. So if you're playing the Warriors on a cold streak, you're not gonna win. That's pretty much like guaranteed. That's almost as if like saying, "Is Tom Brady gonna be in the Super Bowl this year?" Yes. The answer is yes. You know, or, or it could be our other theory that we always have: someone's daughter got fucked or something in there. I, I mean, Jason Kidd has been known to slang that D into places where that D should not be. <laughs> <laughs> That Hampton. was like a that was like a poem. That shit rhymed. Guy right there. <laughs> Jake Kidd loves the Hamptons. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he love it. Um. All right. Well, if I'm the, if I'm the Knicks, I'm firing Jeff Hornacek and telling Jason Kidd to take with the job. <laughs> Not joking. <laughs> I wish I was joking. I mean, he'd be great for Frank. Hall of Fame point guard coaching. He'd be fantastic for everyone. He's I, like, I, I kind of like uh, Hornacek though, man. I'm cool with Horny. Yo, Hardaway Horny. is a big. A big piece for this team. Whatever you feel about the contract, that's a different situation. I, I might be with you on that. But, you know, Hardaway was out for about 15, 20 games. And yeah. See, that's not bothering me. The problem is the decision-making. Like, the other day, he had Enos Cantor out of the game in the fourth quarter when he was just drilling. Whoever, I forget who we were playing. But in a game we should have won, we just lost to the Lakers. Like, the, the, the coaching decisions and, like, his just demeanor on the sideline is... I mean, the Knicks also Not aren't me. good either. I mean, they could be. They could be if they played the correct way. I don't think so. I don't see a deep team there. Yeah, they I don't, don't see they a don't They got a six-man. Yeah. Like, Michael, Michael Beasley? Beasley is the six-man of the year candidate. Melo with the left. <laughs> yeah, Which he did say he bad was, news. He did say he was up there with LeBron before the year. He's, He's also a little crazy. No kidding. He was wearing a watch on his foot in his so first nail polish with, on. with New York media. <laughs> Sometimes you get wet watching your foot. Man. I mean, yeah, you know, so, it, yo, if you're sitting like you know, cross legged, right? Dude. Listen, no, if it's if it's too big, it? if Indian it's position? too big for your wrist, put yeah. that bitch on your leg, on your ankle, bro. Facts, facts. It's <laughs> <laughs> out of control. Um. Anyway, that is our show for today. Uh, Tim, where can they find you? You can find me on the top of the standings with the playoff picks, and you can also find me at Tim Petrov on all social media outlets if you're feeling real, real, real frisky. Brodo's on hiatus, but come check us out in a little while uh, when we're going to start fantasy baseball. Should be in the next coming month. Let's go. We uh, we lost our wager that we had. We had a bet on the over-under time that it would take for you to mention that. Oh, you th- you knew I was, you weren't getting out of this, Scott. Well, free, we thought right? it would be a minute into the podcast. Yeah, yeah, playoff. yeah. It could have been. You know, I wanted you, you guys to tell a story about the good time you had. I had a good time this weekend. Johnny Petrop's show was good. Shout out to everyone who came. There's a couple of VM fans there. It was cool. Oh, I saw fire. I saw your uh, yeah. your uh, being the hype man thing going. The live? It was yeah. pretty fire. Not going to lie. That was a good Tim's performance. a crazy hype man, man. That's, I try. Can I tell, tell a story about that bar that we went to that one time? When that was our like parents, the first time? Dude, I, don't our, know, I don't know what the story's going to be, but tell me. All right. Yo, so, yo, we, <laughs> so Tim is, is Johnny Petrop's hype man. It's his brother, right? And my mom came. Oh, I remember this. And his mom was, the, and your mom was there, and this like all their great. friends were there. So like our parents are there and shit. And like we're all there, obviously, like supporting Johnny and shit. Yo, before Johnny gets on, <laughs> Tim get, gets on the oh, mic and he goes, "I say bitches, right? No, no, no. Oh, what I say? Oh, who the fuck? Oh, no, you s- you said something about someone's pussy getting wet, something like that. <laughs> I, didn't say that. Uh, I, said, uh, I remember what I said. I remember what I said. What'd you say? I said. Oh, no, I don't remember what I said. I didn't say nothing about wet, wet pussies, though. Uh, you might, maybe on th- I said, bi- I said a thing that said bitches. Something like that. How dare you? No, yo, but it was like, 
<laughs> yo, it was. Did so you catch funny. yourself like when you said it? Like, yeah, yeah like I was here, immediately like... embarrassed afterwards. Yo, that yeah. shit was but so I played fucking it off, funny. You know, like, uh, was like uh, there yeah. was also a lot of people we didn't know there. No, nah, yeah, you know, I mean that's the crowd. You're you gotta do your show. show. We're like, <laughs> yo, this shit was so fucking funny. It's like, where the bitches at? Where the bitches? Pull your titties out. That last part I had. And one of them, one of them, I was like, go, all right, so. I said something about bitches and, and like chugging beers, right? And one of the people who came up was my cousin. Oh. I was like, oh, right, right, well, that didn't work out. Well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, anyway, Nick, where can they find you? LambVM10 on all social media. The Jerks, big week for the work. Uh, <laughs> big week for the Jerks. Raw 25, one of the reasons why we're cutting this episode a little shorter than usual. Uh, <laughs> got to get on there. Got the Stone Cold Socks. We, we're doing a Raw recap, and we got to preview the Royal Rumble. Cowboy Rager this oh, weekend. I can't wait. At SCJ Pod on Twitter for that. It's lit. At Endovito27 on Twitter on the gram. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Joe Santagato. Go follow the show at Veterans Minimum and hit our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Veterans Minimum. And that is all. We'll see you next time. Do it again. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.